John chapter 1. told the men this morning in our discipleship class, if you're a man you haven't joined us, we still have a few weeks left to the end of this month with our first session of our core discipleship where we get together as men. I think we had 26 or some men this morning uh, that get together at 8.30, from 8.30 to 9.30 just for a discipleship time. And we're pressing ourselves to move into what we call uh, fictive kinship relationships. We talk a little bit about it at the men's conference. And that's where we come together and say, hey, you know what? We need one another. How many have ever been a point where you could have used a friend? Could have used somebody alongside somebody. Man, if I'd, I wish I would have talked to somebody. I wish I had a couple people that I could count on, that I could go to and stand with. And, and we use Jesus as our model. Well, he had Peter, James, and John, and, and he built a special relationship with those men in his life, and, and, and there was a core bond between them. They were his inner circle. And I just want to submit to you that as men, we need that inner circle around our lives and to build that and a fictive kinship relationship is one that comes fictive comes from the word fiction but it means that we 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 aren't kin but we're going to have relationship as if we were and so we're not related by blood but i'm willing to enter into a relationship and a friendship with you as if i was related by blood to you and kind of like jonathan and david where they made covenant one for another and it wasn't just between the two of them but it is between you and me and to our seed and to our posterity and our children so as long as either one of us has seed in the earth we're committed for the welfare of one another amen and it means my life and everything else so that's part of what our discipleship program is about and, and the influence that, that uh, we're focusing on. And uh, so we invite you to come be a part of that. But in dealing with that, there's just been a great challenge to me on, on, on finding the answer to learning how to truly walk and live in the fullness of what Christ has for us. One of my passions is, and I share with the men, is that one thing that breaks my heart is now we're in our 31st year of pastoring, but you watch people that come and go. It breaks my heart when you see people that come and go. You see somebody, you've had a friend that was walking with God, and then you see them, and you go, wow, what happened to them? And then what happened and where'd they go and what, what if I'd have been related to them or, or moved into a deeper and a, and a closer relationship with them, maybe we could have spared them some of that heartache and the pain. And then learning really how God works in our life. And if you strip everything away, the Word of God is really pretty simplistic. Amen? It really is pretty simple. And I ask you to turn to John chapter 1. And three weeks ago, we, we ministered this message and shared with you on becoming. The Word became and uh, learning just how this truth applies. And it just, it's been so hard for me to put this together. I share with the men this morning. I, I, I haven't even, I, you don't have an outline. I couldn't even put this into an outline this morning. There's so many different things that God is trying to bring. And you think about one thing and something else comes up. And so I have no idea how this is going to turn out this morning, but I believe God has something to say. Amen. John chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. In verse 3, all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the what? Light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. 
And I think sometimes for us, people read their Bible and go, and I've had people tell me, Pastor, I read the Bible, I just don't understand what's in it. I just don't get it. Well, the Bible is not a book to understand, it is a word to receive. And, and when we, anytime I approach God with my head, God is bigger than your head. You cannot approach God with your head. God does not ask for your head. He asks for your heart. The Word is never sown in your head. The Word is sown in your heart. The sower sows the Word, Jesus said, and He sows it into the hearts of men. And when God's Word gets planted into our heart, then, then there's something that happens that from here, an understanding begins to rise up from out of my heart, a new understanding understanding rises up and it begins to transform my mind i go through a renewing of my mind and what i didn't understand before all of a sudden begins to make sense and 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 i'm amazed at at after all these years of preaching and ministering how god keeps taking me back to the simplistic of the truth and 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 how clear and how clear and how clear it gets i think man i thought i had that and then god shows you something else and it's not that it gets bigger it gets more uh, expansive it just gets cleaner and it's kind of like stripping away all the peripheral stuff that we add to it. I mean, no, we've added just a few things to the Bible, to everything else. And, and I thought about it as our churches are coming together to work for the season of service. And, and, and my philosophy on churches like this is, is, is like the kingdom of God's kind of like Baskin Robbins 31 flavors. Everybody has a different taste. Amen. We're, we're kind of like jalapeno ice cream. So if you don't like it spicy, you probably would want to go to a vanilla church. I'm just saying. But, 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 but thank God for vanilla churches. But then, you know, I would not go to a bubblegum church. Other bubblegum ice, I wouldn't go to that church. Amen. But thank God for bubblegum churches. I wouldn't go to, you know, some of the other flavors that are out there. But, you know, I, there's multiple flavors. Amen? And everybody has a different taste. And so we pray that everybody finds one that they taste, that they, you know, get ministered to. Are you with me? That's just easier for me. But, well, there's so many different. No, there's just different flavors. And it's all ice cream. Amen? If we're preaching Jesus Christ, Him crucified, buried, and risen again, and coming back. Amen? If we're preaching Jesus Christ, praise the Lord. And hopefully not throwing away the Holy Ghost. I should get a big amen right there. Come on. Jesus said it's expedient for you that I go away or else He won't come. So we need the Holy Spirit. Amen? He, he, is, our, he is God with us today. We need Him. We don't want to sideline our biggest support. Amen. I, I kind of think about that sometimes. The Holy Spirit just sitting on the bench waiting for you to put Him in the game. You go, man, we lost the game. He goes, well, you could have put me in. But he can't put himself in the game. Amen? He, you have to put him in the game with you. Praise the Lord. And so we said that in the beginning, light comes and so people go, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Look down, if you would, at verse 12. And it says, but as many as received him, because we get the interjection of John the Baptist and the light that comes before him and Jesus coming to his own. But as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become children of God. The right to what? Become 
the right to become children of God to those who believe in His name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So there, there is a birth that takes place in your life and my life when we come to Christ. Uh, uh, the news media will call us the born again. That's what we are. We need to be born again. In John chapter 3, if we read on, Nicodemus comes to Jesus and, and he's concerned about him. And Jesus just looks at him and says, Nicodemus, hey, just, just look here, focus just for a minute. You must be born again. And Nicodemus is struggling. How can a man be born again? How can he go back into the womb? How can he be born a second time? He goes, that doesn't fit in my head. But Jesus says, hey, what's born of the flesh is flesh, but what's born of the Spirit is spirit. And here, John says that we become the children of God, power to become, not born of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You and I are to be born of God. Are you with me this morning? We need to be born of God. And then verse 14, and it says, And the Word became flesh. And dwelt among us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he goes on to say, And dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So coming to church is not just about hearing a sermon that helps you get through the week or doing that. It's an impartation of life to you. This Word is life. And when I receive it, coming to church should be a time where preaching, there should be something planted on the inside of me that takes root and then reproduces after its own kind. It's not just enough to hear the Word and, and to hang on to it, but somewhere it has to get planted because if the Word is seed and the seed can be planted, then the seed contains within it the the potential to produce what's on the inside of it. Amen? But, but it's got to be planted, and then when it's planted, something else has to die. The original form has to die. So, hey, hey, uh, does he have that up there? Can you put that up? That's good. I'm going to put an acorn up here in just a moment. But, but, but how many of you have oak trees anywhere around in El Dorado County? Yeah, we have all these oak trees around, and they drop these little things called acorns. Now, if three acorns were getting together, and one said to the other, hey, I am an oak. How many know that's a good confession? But it's not a reality. Because right now, he's only a... And no matter how much he believes he will be, no matter how much he declares, no matter how much he confesses, he, will, he, he has the potential to become. We can declare what we can become. And I think this is where the church is at. We've gotten to a place, we, we've heard and we understand that, that God has made this great potential available to us. There is a life in Christ that is available to us all. And, and there's power in God's Word that is available to us. But, but somehow something has to happen in order for it to become a living reality in and through our lives. And for that to happen, did we get it? It's not going. Okay. And for that to happen, but if you take that acorn, and, and yesterday Pastor Sue and I were cleaning some of the, the leaves up around in a section of our backyard, and as I'm digging around, it's right under an oak tree, and, and, and here's these acorns there, and, and uh, some of them were actually under the leaves, and, and they're actually starting, a, a little thing starting to grow out of the bottom, this little white root starting to come out, and they're trying to become. And I have enough of them, so I wasn't about to let them become. <laughs> so the ones that were trying to be, I became the spoiler. And I worked against their potential. Are you with me? 
And so I uprooted them. And I'm, can I tell you, there's a spoiler in your life. Some of you have been around the kingdom of God and you're the acorn and, and then you've gotten under some fertilization of the word, the word of God. God's watered you, God's nurtured you, God's covered you. And, and then all of a sudden you begin to sprout a little bit and the devil sees, uh-oh, look at that. And he comes up to uproot you before you can become. If you have your Bibles, go with me to John chapter 12. Very interesting statement that Jesus makes here. Watch it. Verse 23. But Jesus answered and said to them, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you that unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and... And what? Dies. It abides alone. Wow. It abides alone. But if it... What? It produces what? Much grain. So for that acorn to fall into the ground, it's going to have to die. And it's going to have, there's going to have to be a transformation. I can't just consider myself an oak if I never go through the transformation. So there has to be the willingness to be planted. And then what is on the outside is going to be removed. And what's going to be released is what's on the inside. When you become a believer, God says, I'm going to put my word on the inside of you. And though your outward man is perishing, your inward man is being renewed day by day. And I don't know about you, but the Bible tells me that we are waiting for the fullness of the promise when we put off the completeness of the old and we step into the fullness of the promise of the new. Amen? That's what heaven is, is the removing of this, the shell on the outside. 1 Corinthians 15 says that when a seed is sown, what is sown isn't what you get back. When you see, come on, that is not going to grow into another acorn. The, the transformation that's going to take place in that acorn's life, he's not going to look like that anymore. He will reproduce more acorns. There will be a day when he will produce more of that, but in order for him to produce that, he's going to have to be totally changed. And in your life and my life, when you come to Christ, and this is the battle that we struggle with, because God comes to us and he asks you to die. Go with me to Luke chapter eight or Luke chapter nine, if you would. I love that. The sound of life. Can I just say this? Let me just say this. How many know when Jesus ministered, children were there? Can I tell you one thing we've done to the church that is wrong? It should not bother you if you hear a baby cry in church. It should not bother you if you hear children in church. Amen. This, this is family right here. This is in, come on, Jesus ministered in the house and there are all kinds of things there. Nobody said, hey, take that kid out of here. Disturb me. I want to hear. Come on, quit being so selfish. Amen. Come on, we could just grow up just a little bit. Thank you for letting me be a pastor this morning. Glory to God. As I think about that, we come to church and we throw our kids away. You don't see them until they're married and have their own kids. If you raise your church kids in church, the possibility is you will never worship with your children until they're in their 20s. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching real good. This is just an interlude in the middle of the message. But I think that I love it. Pastor Dennis was preaching a couple of weeks ago, and the little girl was up here, and she was the only one getting the message. She's the only one who had a hanky. The only amen corner he had was a two year old. 
And the Bible said a child will lead them, and nobody was even following her. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now watch this. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. Jesus makes another statement. Then he said to them, if anyone desires to come after me, let him what? Deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to what? Save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Let me ask you, can that acorn save its life by just staying an acorn? The life that's on, it's going to have to lose the life that it has to receive the life that's on the inside of it. And that's a challenge for you know. When Jesus said that, that the word becomes, something has to change. Something has to be transformed in your life and my life. If we go back to Luke chapter, uh, uh, where do I want to go? Luke chapter 6. Life in Christ is a death and a resurrection. Do you agree? Life in Christ is a death and a resurrection. For a seed to live, it has to die. Which is essentially what Jesus just said. Except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But in order for it to live, it has to go through a transformation. Your life and mine. I watch, like I said, pastoring and working with guys in relation. What happened? I don't know about you, but I need encouragement to die. Not to live. Because the old wars against the new. Anybody have any struggles with your old man? Anybody have old desires, old habits, old attitudes, old things that got you in trouble before you came to Christ, and those things try to rise up again besides me? Some of that stuff works there. So I need somebody to encourage me. Hey, keep pressing. Keep pushing that thing into the ground. Get that thing planted. Allow it to die so that it, 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 God can raise it up. If the old doesn't die, it wars against the new. So what do we do? We sow the seed of our life into the soil of God's kingdom. And it's raised up in newness of life. Think about Why is water baptism so important? What's the significance of water baptism? It's you and I planting the seed of our life into the soil of His kingdom. And Paul said in Romans 6 that we are buried with Him in baptism and then we are raised with Him in what? Newness of life or new life. A new life is raised up. So like this acorn, when that acorn is planted, there's going to be a transformation. Can you pull that other one up, Eli? Okay, that's what's inside the acorn. Okay, that little, that's what's inside the acorn is a mighty oak. Okay, now how many know that that's not in it a week after it's planted? I mean, it's all in there, but that's not three days later. Okay, so that oak tree is a few years old, amen? Has some maturity, it's, it's growing to maturity. Are you with me? And in our walk with God, it's so important that we learn to come to that place of 
maturity, not to rush it. So there's that place. We have all this potential on the inside of us. The minute you come to Christ, God, you open your heart. He sows the seed of His Word into your heart. Luke chapter 8. Read it with me. Watch this. Or, or Luke 6, I'm sorry. Luke 6 and verse 11 says this. Or excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm all messed up. Luke 8 and verse 11. Now, the parable is this. The seed is what? Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then what? The devil comes and takes away what? The word out of their hearts. Lest they should what? Believe and be saved. The one thing the devil wars against, I said this to you a couple weeks ago, I want you to hear it again. The one thing the devil wars against is the Word of God in your life. The devil does not care if you go to church. Has no problem with you going to church. He doesn't care if you're charitable. He doesn't care if, if you worship God in a lot of different ways. He cares about the Word of God getting sown in your heart. Because he knows that every seed reproduces after its own kind. And all he's ever wanted to do is get his counterfeit seed into your life. He works to sow counterfeit seed. And as I'm going on this, that's why I'm saying I'm having such a hard time trying to say what God is saying to me. I get up and I write and I do stuff, and it's just hard to, to articulate this out into a message and get it across to you. But I'm, I'm watching the world around us and I'm watching our society. I'm amazed. And Teresa sent me an email the other day, and or somebody did, and and it was about, uh, you know, about our president. And how many know he's a little off the direction that our founders had for our nation? Can it, but the problem is not the guy in office. The problem is that we're a nation that put him in office. And so something has been sown into the minds of our nation from its original place that has changed it. To where the, a majority of people thought that's the kind of leader that will help us. And even though everything about his perspective is different to the original intent of our nation. Are you with me this morning? Now how did people get to the place where they would believe that? Just by words. Just by words. See, you're either having words sown in your heart that come from God that produce the life of God or you're having counterfeit words sown in your heart. The sower comes and sows the word of God. It falls by the wayside immediately. The enemy comes to take it out lest you would believe and be saved. And if he doesn't do that, then maybe it gets in your heart and for a season you receive it with joy. You're excited. Glory to God. I'm forgiven. I'm restored. This is amazing. But then he goes, oh, I don't know what to do. I'll just turn the heat up. We'll, we'll take away the rain. We'll just put the sun. We'll scorch it with a little bit of persecution and affliction. Are you going to live for God? We'll stand up for God when somebody gets in your face. Somebody challenges you when something's hard. Persecution and affliction and it says, for the word's sake, not because of you, but for the word's sake, he comes against you. And so then he, he scorches the word. Then if that doesn't work, he'll use the age old tried and proven thing of other things entering in. That is the deceitfulness of riches, lust and desire for other things. 
and the cares of this world. So called out. There was a time that I was planted. I was focused. I was growing. I was doing all that. But then something came in. And then it choked the word and it didn't grow to maturity. Is what Jesus said. Entering and choking the word. And it brings no fruit to maturity. And the devil loves that. That's his goal. Are you with me? Against every one of your lives. Like I said about our disciples, say, Pastor, why do you work at trying to get the guys together? Why do you encourage us? Why do you text me all the time? Why do you keep reminding me? Because I want to see you come to full maturity. That's the will of God for you. You are the mighty oak that God ordained you to be. His purpose is on the inside of it. When you're born again, He puts His seed on the inside of you. You're created in His image and made in His likeness. And you're to be one with Him. Amen? That's all inside of you. But we've got to keep you planted. got to keep you rooted. got to keep you grounded. Are you with me? And I've been telling our men, one, the one thing the devil works in our life is to isolate you. If I can get you isolated. How many fight against isolation except me? Just go off. Do your own thing. Pull away. I don't have time to be involved, to be engaged, to do all that. Stay isolated. We can't afford to be isolated. And so the one thing he fights against is a word in, in, in your heart and you becoming pregnant with the life of God. I know this analogy is hard, but just to become pregnant with the life of God, conceive God's life, what's born of the flesh is flesh, but what's born of the Spirit, God wants His Word on the inside of you. Go with me to Genesis chapter 1 real quick. How many, how many uh, of, of uh, I think everybody understand, how many understand what a hybrid car is? Okay, what, what can a hybrid car do? Dual fuel, okay? Two, two means of propulsion, okay? And, and they work together, okay? Um, in the beginning... We have this great desire to make everything better. Anything, anybody want things better than it was? Amen. And as, as a people, we keep making everything, you know, a better spoon. How do you make a better spoon? You know, a better a, a fork. <laughs> I love it. But, but whatever, a better this, a better that. Everything, everything gets better and better and better and better. Okay. And so with that, sometimes it's not supposed to be better. It's just supposed to be is. Okay. And it's better. If we read Genesis 1, everything God created in Genesis 1, watch this beginning. In the beginning. Everybody say in the beginning. We read in John 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Nothing was created without the Word. In verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out form and void. The darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of water. And God what? God what? God what? Okay, so God spoke a... And He said, light, let there be what? And what's the next thing that happened? And there was light. Okay, and it goes on. And it lists that. And, and the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, it is... 
good. And all the way through the creation, God says everything that it is good. All the way to the creation of man, that everything is good. Okay? God said that's good. And then, in Genesis 2 and verse 18, if you read it, God makes a statement and He says it is not good that man should be alone. So I'll make for him a helpmeet, one that is comparable to him, one to meet him face to face. And he takes something out of the man and forms it and creates woman and then gives woman to the man. And then those two are supposed to become... They're supposed to be... The part that was taken out is supposed to be joined back to the part that it was taken from. And in the union, they become... Okay, Genesis 3 and verse 5, the enemy comes in and he sows a word that says, you should eat this fruit. Because God knows in the day that you eat the fruit of this tree, you will become what? You'll become what? Like God. So let me ask you this. Was it ever God's will for you to be like Him? I asked the men this question this morning. Was it ever God's will for you to be like Him? You didn't know there was going to be a test in church today, did you? Okay, the men can't answer the question. (laughs) Okay. God didn't create you to be like Him. He created you to be one with Him. Jesus in John 17, He prayed a prayer in John 17. He said, Father, I pray for them that they may be one as we are one, that as I am in you and you are in me and they are in us, then we are one. And God said it's not good for a man to be alone, but they two would come together and the one that came from the one would be joined back to the one that they came from. And that's where purpose would be identified Are you staying with me? But the devil came along and said, no, 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 it's okay for you to just be like God. Not to be one with God, but just be like God. And that's the mindset of America today. As long as I'm just kind of, as I kind of, as long as I act like God and act like a Christian and act like a believer, I don't really have to be one completely with God. I don't have to go that far in my relationship. Being like is the same. No, it's not. And so there's a lie that says like is the same. Like is just a good. No, it is not. And so God's calling into, into you into a relationship with Him. And the analogy for the man and the woman, God said it's good when He gets to it's not good. It's not good for man to be alone because man came from God. He's not going to understand the relationship that I want with Him unless I put a living example of it in His life. And so God takes something out of Him the same way He took something out of Himself. You are made of a part of God's nature. When God formed you, He breathed something of Himself into man and man became. God formed man and man became a living soul. And then God said, now I want you to be, you came from me and I want you to be joined back to me. And when we become one, then now life will come out of that union together. Are you with me this morning? 
then we'll become one. And, and that's what God calls us to, is this life of being joined together. And that's what it's supposed to be between a man and a woman. But now that I have my own life, I, I'm actually here as the acorn seed. And now my choice is, i, I got to go and, and i got to be willing to die. And i got to believe that in being one, there's something greater to be had by being joined and becoming one than there is in staying in my own likeness. If you've been married for very long and you found out what it's like to sow yourself into the life of another, to live for what you become together, that that is greater than what you could ever be on your own. Are you with me? Some of the older people should be amen and a little louder than you are. We need to have a marriage class. <laughs> this front row right here. These guys over here. All of our young, everybody single, listen to me. There is nobody who will make you complete. There's nobody who's going to make you complete. There is no dream man, dream woman. Amen. There's somebody that you will find that you make the choice to sow your life into. And you choose to live and do life together. And you say to them, I believe that we can become more by becoming one than we could ever be by being on our own. And I choose to live life and go through the process of growing and maturing and becoming with you. And whatever it means for me to die to become, that's what I choose to do. I choose to die. Because the challenge when you get into marriage and why are over 50% of marriages falling apart and why is the divorce rate as high in the church as it is in the world? Because the lie is that you don't have to die to become. You can just, I just I'm just going to act like I died. I'm, I'm going to settle for the like. I'm going to be like I'm married. I'm going to be like God. I'm going I'm to do the like thing, not the be thing. Amen? And so as a result, we, we miss. And, 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 and it's just been breaking my heart. And, and, and I'm, watching, I'm watching our whole nation go down the road. Watch it. How many know that green energy is a lie? How many know that global warming is a lie? But how many know there are people that will run you over in their Prius to prove that it's not? And I just want to know this. How come the people with the Priuses are driving 85 miles an hour in the fast lane? The carpool lane. Amen. I just, anyway. But it's not. Now what? Do you know, watch this. You're being told we don't have enough energy and we have to go green. We have to do this. And people are buying into that. Do you know that it costs more to produce green energy products then that product will ever save you in the lifetime of its product. Do you know that it costs the, the amount that it costs to build one Prius, you would have to drive that car for th that one. You can't trade it in. That car has to be driven for 30 years to make up for the foot energy footprint that it made in being made.
Why don't they tell you that? Your light, I mean, all the light bulbs and everything else that they're doing. Stuff. Are you, are you listening to me? But, no, but, but why? People are buying it hook, line, and sinker and being led down the road by words. And people are becoming what they're hearing. And then the preacher comes along and tells you, you can become. Well, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. I don't know about buying to that. Are you with me this morning? I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you have to help me. God wants you to become. And being able to hear. And I'm just telling you, every one of us in this room, you have a mindset right now. I could probably go down some lists and start talking about things and probably find things that you have set convictions about. That probably aren't even true. But you'd want to go out in the parking lot and discuss them with me. <laughs> Being how I'm not that saved, I'd invite you to go with me. Amen. It's a <laughs> Amen. But along that line, we fight for that stuff. But God gave us this promise to become. The word became. And you have an adversary that's so counterfeit seed. And I'm just telling you, all this week, my heart's been breaking. And I don't know how to, I, 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 haven't even, I, I wrestled with God all week. God, how do I say this? I wish you could, if you're frustrated, listen to me. You should be frustrated with me up here saying this. Because for me, God, I'm watching people go in different directions and different things. And it's all connected to words. It's all connected to words. And it's connected to something being sown in your heart. And an enemy coming sowing counterfeit seed. And this last week as I was reading in the Gospels, I got to Luke, and, and it's where Jesus said to them, or, or, but I, I didn't get to it, but in John 8, Jesus said to them, you are of your father the devil. I thought, wow, what a statement. You have your father, the devil. You can't, somebody can't be your father unless they sowed the seed that conceived you. Are you with me? Jesus said to the Pharisees and the people that you say, he said, he said, I know you think you're of Abraham. You're not of Abraham. You have your father, the devil. He sowed the seed that can, not God. You haven't conceived seed from God. You're not born of a seed from God. You're born of a counterfeit seed that was sown into your life. I read that. I've read that a lot and it never really went off. Until God, I'm just saying, God keep, every time I touch on something, God brings something. Yeah, but that means this and this means this. You should be in my head right now. It's crazy. No, thank you. Amen. But, I, but I'm just going to, Bill, if you come back to the keyboard, I'm just going to close right here. So what's that mean? Jesus said that you can cry, Abba, Father. He said when you pray, pray, our Father. God wants to be your Father. But He can only be your Father if you are born of His seed. 
If you did a blood test between my son and I, it would prove that he came from my seed. It proves there's a, there's a bond and a connection that came from seed being sown that proves that He's my Son. And in the natural, that's a truth. It's supposed to be the same in the Spirit in your life and my life. If there was a spiritual blood test, there has to be seed being sown that produces a connection that proves who our Father is. Amen? I don't even know how to tie a knot on this this morning. Maybe I'm not supposed to. But I just know that right now, and and I said it at the beginning of this year, that there's a word for this year, is lead us not into temptation. And I'm listening to the thing, and, and, and I shared with you three weeks ago, it blew my mind when I found out that we had natural, we had National Contraception Week. That is a nation where, I mean, it's just some crazy things going on. Amen? And I share with you that the devil doesn't care if you come. He just doesn't want you to conceive. He doesn't want you to bring to life. And the devil's been selling the morning after pill to the church for centuries. He sows doubt against God's word. Once a word gets planted in your heart, he comes immediately to abort that life. Take that away from you. And I'm just I'm not trying to be heavy. I'm not trying to be over this morning. I watch young people. I, I wish I could talk to you guys and just bear my heart. In 31 years, I've been pastoring probably as long as some of you, twice as long as some of you are alive. I wish I could tell you how many young people I've seen almost get it and then miss out. And you reach out to them and say, Oh God, don't let another one go. How could you help? I hope you can hear my heart. Understand that God wants you to become. God created such greatness for your life, such purpose for your life. If I could tell you, like walking through, when I, one of the things that broke my heart, that I never wanted my son to experience my pain. When I decided to get married, I, I said, I, I don't want to make the mistakes that my parents made. I don't want my kids to know my pain. this morning just guys getting together how to be a how do you be a father when you really never had one mentored for you if you have a great dad you're blessed but most people come from broken homes i was thinking the other day my my real dad never came to any event that i ever did in my life not one game not one thing never showed up the one time he told me he would let me down I was a freshman in high school on the wrestling team lived in Corte Madera by San Rafael we were wrestling against Napa High went up there he was working in Oakland he said he was going to come across the bay and be there first time in my life my dad was going to come to an event 
I was all excited. Came my time to wrestle. I pinned my opponent in 30 seconds because I knew my dad was in the stands. First time in my life. I had so much adrenaline, I could have beat Hulk Hogan. I'd have thrown him through the wall. Amen. I picked the guy up, slammed him down, landed on top of him. Boom, boom, boom. It was over. Only to find out my dad didn't show. Amen. And I think, and and it does things to you, and, and you try to process through that when you have your children. When I got married, I said, I don't want my kids to know that pain. But you know what? I knew what to do, but I didn't do it right. And I did the wrong thing, and I ended up in the wrong relationship, in a relationship the wrong way, doing it all the wrong way. And it ended in failure. And my son ended up knowing my pain. And I became what I despise. And so at two, his mom and I separated. And then I waited 18 years for us to be reconciled. And so when you look at a crowd of young people, you think, God, could I help you? I don't want you to know my pain. But I'm telling you, there's a counterfeit. God wants to be your father. He doesn't want you to have the pain. He doesn't want you to know the hurt. Some of you already know it. He doesn't want you. You can break that. And Pastor Sue and I got married. God showed me what I did wrong. I said, God, I will change. I will change. And so I turned a failure into a 33-year success. Amen. But God had that all along. All along. And today, right now, in our society, so much stuff is happening. I'm thinking, what in the world? Pat Robertson the other day. The guy needs to just go be with the Lord. He's gone. Some young people, he's the head of his Christian Broadcast Network. Almost 80. And he goes, we ought to legalize marijuana. We've lost the war on drugs. I said, dude, just shut up. You're just gone stupid. Well, let's just legalize prostitution. Let's just legalize everything else that's crime that we haven't got a full control of. Let's just turn everything and, and, you know, we could raise tax revenue and pay for all of our... Hello? But so many stuff is being put out before us right now. And I just keep hearing that God is inviting you to become but guys, you have to make the choice to die. And I'm going to say to you, to you, I apologize to you as your pastor. Because I bought into the lie of making Christianity too easy. You can pray an initial prayer and ask God to forgive you. You can pray, Father, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. You can pray that prayer. But that doesn't mean you're saved. What means you're saved is when you die. That's why Jesus says, go and preach the gospel and baptize them. 
Because baptism is a place where you choose. Okay, I understand what this is all about. But like a marriage, I'm going to have to die. And I'm going to have to become one with God and live with Him. And if you're here and I've made it sound too easy to be sim- say, too simple, please forgive me. Because life in Christ is a death and a resurrection. But on the other side of that is that mighty oak that God has for your life. Amen? That's what's on the other side. And it's worth it. Would you pray with me this morning, Father? I just ask you to help. Lord, every life in here, you know. Every life is being sold the lie. It hasn't changed from the beginning. For us to be satisfied with being like. Just, you will be like God. Just to be like. To have an outward appearance, an outward form. But Father, you want us to become one with you. Lord, I pray for your people today. God, I pray for our young people. God, help our kids. Help our youth, God. Help them today. Don't let the enemy sow a seed in his lies into their hearts. Father, let them hear your invitation to be one. Call them to yourself. God, you are in Christ in the world reconciling us to yourself we could be one with you. Father, maybe there's somebody here today and they've struggled, they've wrestled with receiving you and dying to themselves. Lord, I pray they could take that step. That they could just say yes to you. Lord, I just pray for your people today. In this day, in this hour that we live in. And I pray that you would lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. I pray your covering over your people. Lord, today I bless them. I speak your promise over their life. Lord, I know when you look upon each one of our lives, you see that great majesty that you ordained for us. You invite us to come and sow our life and allow your word to grow through us. Father, we just open our hearts to you and say yes. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. We love you. God bless you. We will be here tonight for intercession.